0: This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication, and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career. What a time to be alive. Welcome to the iMoveU podcast. Got a very special guest today. It is Jeff, the running EP. Great to have you on, Jeff. How are you going, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm really good, man. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. Um, incredibly pri- privileged. Um, awesome.
0: Really excited to have you on. And one of the reasons that I'm, I'm super excited to have you on is I actually, I've seen a lot of your journey. Um, I get to work with, with your, the, uh, the owner of the business, Andrew, really, really great EP. And through that, I've, I've got to see a lot of your, your journey since I think we first met at the iMoveview course, which was over a year ago now, I believe.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, early, pretty much, um, pretty much this time last year. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, it would have been. It would have so
1: look, it was a life changing event. <laughs> you have to say that. No. Yeah. No. There's someone with a gun to my head right behind me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we got this. Now, just just to get started, I'd like to, I guess, learn a little bit more about you. So let's start with a quick Q and A. So that's just give me awesome. ten seconds per answer. Quick fire. Cool. So Oof. what book are you reading right
1: now? Uh, the Happiness Trap by Dr. Ross Harris.
0: Beautiful. What's your main take uh, on it so far?
1: Um, the, uh, the power of our thoughts, the power of our communication and how we can apply it to better understanding people and get them to living a purposeful and committed life. That's good. I'm going to put that on my reading list, mate. Next one. <laughs> Who inspires you? Who inspires me? Ah, there's a lot of people who inspire me. Um, first one who comes to mind is Kobe Bryant and um, the philosophies of Bruce Lee. I also love that guy.
0: Yes, yes, good choices. What did you want to be growing up?
1: What did I want to be growing up? Well, I actually wanted to be a doctor growing up, uh-huh. um, but that didn't turn out. That didn't turn out the way I wanted. You know, it was different, different, ADHD, mate. different and different and better.
0: very different very good and what's a motto that you live by
1: Uh, mm, start before you're ready because you're never ready
0: cool cool that reminds me a lot of uh, Richard Branson love that very very good all right let's let's jump into a little bit of content now mate so obviously you know I've seen a lot of your journey but our listeners won't have wouldn't have known much about you unless they do follow you. Jeff, the running EP on mm. Instagram. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your, your origin story. Where have you come from? Where are you now?
1: Okay. So, um, so I guess in terms of my, um, my educational history, i uh, I studied a bachelor of medical science with yeah. the intention. I wanted to be a, become a doctor. I really wanted to help people. Mm. And then near the end of the course, I was talking to a mate and I'm like, Oh, I actually don't know what to do. I don't want to be a doctor. And then we're looking through stuff that was really important to me, which was exercise and helping people in human physiology. When I came across exercise physiology, did the course, Absolutely loved it. Did some interning in strength conditioning, private practice, cardiac rehab and placements throughout the, throughout my journey. And then, um, and my first job as an EP was at Rebound Health. Um, you mentioned, um, that's, um, run by my boss, Andrew Dordney. Um, been there for uh, three years and I'm going into my fourth year in private practice with Rebound Health Um, in terms of um, what uh, I've seen and what I've become uh, come to really enjoy and specialize pretty much a a range of things that I've seen like say cardiometabolic, uh, uh, musculoskeletal injuries and then through my journey and all the courses I've been to the people I've met I've really started to really have a passion for um, helping people living with persistent or chronic pain. And that's pretty much been, um, it's really, uh, opened my eyes, not only in the clinical side of things, but stuff that's um, really applicable to my life and my relationships outside of work in terms of, um, uh, there's a lot of things, but I think we're going to get into that now yeah. a bit later, but, um, but yeah, I'm loving it. Loving it. Um, uh, you mentioned that I'm on a social media page in yeah. uh, the running EP on Instagram. Um, uh, I met you uh, last year at the I Review course um, and uh, started that and getting to getting to know con- uh, connecting, connecting with other health pros. Yeah, and um, picking their brains, going to courses with them, and um, just been getting better and better and learning each and every day. And this is where I am right now.
0: And just for just for context, why the running EP?
1: the running okay so um uh well number one uh uh running has always been one of my things that are, uh it's been something that gives me fulfillment and gives me enjoyment and because uh, I, i don't know i don't know if you know but i love doing marathons and i think it's a big testament to or a big perfect example of how to live life and pretty much i've been doing that and it's been just part of my um part of what I do. And so if I'm going to have a, a title, if I'm going to have something that's going to be catchy or people who know me by is knowing me by something that I really <clears throat> know, things that I really enjoy, and that is running. And, of course, if I'm not just an EP. I'm not, uh, you know, I am the running EP. People kind of will know me by that, you know. bit of ego there. <laughs> I,
0: lo- I love that. I love that. And it's, it really just comes down to you, you know, you live that exercise life and I think that that comes across in everything you do and you mm-hmm. know for your clients and for people you work with to see that you know you really live it I think is massive just just in itself absolutely now probably the next thing is I want to know you you wanted to go into chronic pain you sort of you've done a lot of things but you've really found this passion in helping people with persistent pain and it's yeah. definitely something that is not done particularly well, like we know it's getting worse and worse, especially as a Western society. Mm. What was the catalyst or what was that moment where you decided this is where I want my career to go. This is what I want to do.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um, uh, so in my first year of, uh, private practice, so I was seeing, um, so I was seeing a number of, uh, Clients in different type of populations, and when I came across people living with uh, chronic pain, um, from what I learned at university, it seemed very hit and miss. Um, I didn't know, so there was stuff like core stability, there was stuff like just getting people stronger, and um, I didn't, uh, I was fairly confident with it, but the outcomes were just so um, up up and down, Mm. and I couldn't really explain it. And also, there'll be times where I would see patients and. I would be, I would go through their history or they'll tell me their story and I would be absolutely, I'll be scared. I'll be like, I don't know if I can help you. Uh, I think I need to refer on. So I didn't have the confidence. And the big catalyst was um, uh, I went to a course by um, uh, the biomechanics and they did a course on lower, the lower back and SIJ. And it was how to have uh, a biopsychosocial approach to it. And, um, it challenged a lot of my beliefs on stuff like posture, stuff like communication. Um, and even, uh, the, it broadened my perspective on how we think and how we rationalize and our critical thinking skills. And I realized I was stuck in like this kind of cycle of like, you know, I'm, I'm actually not, uh, open to other type of treatments and I'm also limiting myself in other things that may be potentially effective. And, um, I, I gained clarity in terms of what was what the evidence was and uh, what was effective. The next step was clearly communicating it. And I've got uh, that was like the the catalyst for me in terms of um, something I need to think more about. Yeah. And then from that, is, it really came down to my own self dri- uh, self-driven and my choice to pursue the, um, the, the area of chronic pain.
0: I love that. And I can definitely relate to someone coming in in chronic pain and almost mm. feeling a little bit overwhelmed that I wasn't sure if I was the right person. I wasn't sure if I could help that person. Like genuinely, when yeah. somebody came in, I wasn't sure if there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. Not just, you know, some of the symptoms they presented with, but the, the other things going on in their life could be quite horrific. And mm. looking at that biopsychosocial model and going, you know, if those things aren't dealt with first and some of them were sometimes way outside of my scope, that I actually felt like I had to refer to a psychologist or something.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah,
0: that, that was daunting for me. And I and mm. put my hand up straight away and say, I didn't deal a lot with chronic pain because that wasn't something that I felt I was particularly good at. I was mm. much more happy to, to refer on to someone like yourself who was in a better position to help someone in that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's interesting you say that mainly because um uh when we when we leave university or yeah leave university like the course we take uh, I'm I'm pretty confident with this a lot of like undergraduate a lot of um graduates mainly look for techniques mainly look for like what's the next exercise um it's very um what to do yeah and not so much how to do it, yeah, and it's very, and um, you mentioned stuff for like referring to a psychologist, like for me, when I saw people, I realized that it's not just exercise prescription of like uh, sets and reps and exercises, uh, <laughs> there's emotion there's uh, you're dealing with human beings, mm. and um, how can you uh, confidently guide them through that whole process and um, when I first got that, I was like, oh my god, i 'm not a psychologist scope of practice should i be here should i be talking about this stuff um but uh, it's <laughs> we're seeing people we've got to deal with it and we've got to have the confidence to do it effectively
0: no i agree now have you had a a, a mentor or i guess someone you've really looked up to worked with or learned from in that mm. chronic pain area and what what uh, is that how has that affected you?
1: mentors mentors um i wouldn't say that um i wouldn't say that i have a mentor especially in the chronic pain area it was more so just who's um who are the people who are contributing to the field of chronic pain and um how did they get to that point and how do they get to um the the ideas or the beliefs that they ho- uphold at that point in time so say people like say for example um uh, say Adam Meekins or Ben Cormack or um, guys like Laura Moseley, who are like an associate professor, David David Butler, the guys who um, authored or wrote the book "Explain Pain," one of the best books in helping people understand it. Um, I was like, okay, I want to know, like, I want to get to know a little bit about their work, a little bit about their mythology uh, methodology. And mm-hmm. so um, I didn't necessarily have a mentor in chronic pain. Um, so it was more so just getting to getting to know um, their practice and their tech, their techniques and their application. And of course, um, I'm very fortunate to have um, uh, say uh, my boss at Rebound Health, and he's just really supportive. And I'm like, okay, you want to go to a course, so um, this is an interesting technique, or um, you want to do this and that, and very supportive. So I was really really happy for that.
0: I love that and even just reflecting on you know things like you, you've read books by people who you might not be able to have a direct mentorship with, I still feel like they mentor you in some way and mm. you said you're going to do Vin's course, that's something that he'll talk to I guess all of you about is that you might not always be able to directly talk to someone to learn from them but you can learn yeah. from the work that they've done, their books, work they've put out and they can essentially mm. mentor you to, to become more like them. And I actually took it very much for granted when I went through university here in South Australia, because the Neu mm. Group uh, is obviously from Adelaide, and yeah. Butler and Laura Mosley ran a pain science, you know, semester within our physio degree. And I just assumed oh, every, everyone else did that as well. Um, but yeah. the more and more I talked to, I guess, physios that have trained other unis or different uh, health professionals, the more yeah. I actually realised that UniSA has a really, really good program there, we're very fortunate.
1: Yeah, I absolutely froth when um when I heard that you you're studying there and you were telling me about um the the courses you were taking, I was like, wow, lucky you're very, a, step, <laughs> a step ahead. Very, very fortunate.
0: Um, yes, but lucky of the draw. You know, Adelaide, we don't have the cars yet, so you win some, you lose some. Oh, Devo. Now, <laughs> no, joking. But the next thing I'd like to talk about is get a bit more nitty-gritty and practical. Mm. What is your approach to chronic pain? Let's say, that, you know, the overarching, let's say someone comes in, you know, you've identified they've got persistent pain. You know, how do you go about that? Is it changing someone's beliefs? Is it, you know, building rapport? Like, like how do you structure that for everyone that's listening?
1: You've got to listen to them you've got to understand their story first and foremost. Yeah. Um, uh, the very first thing I do is a very first thing, very first question I ask them is tell me your story. Um, what's uh, what do you think is uh, going on? What's your understanding? And then you just give them a platform to, um, to tell it. And with act uh, acted from, from your standpoint, actively listening, tuning into the, the details, how they're positioning themselves, how yeah. they're expressing themselves. Um, what's really meaningful to them because ultimately um, for us um, my approach is okay um, let me roll with resistance and I'm going to be a passenger and and let's go for a ride pretty much and um, uh, because from their story the words their experiences that's going to drive the treatment and um, it's very common for a lot of people especially just health practitioners There there is a bit of ego. There is a bit of um, just proving that you are capable of treating someone. Um, And we, we know, uh, we know what's effective, right. In terms of uh, helping people with persistent pain. Right. Um, But they don't know it. Right. And uh, they have a certain language that they, that they, uh, they vibe with, or they, they understand. We can't talk their language or put our message across without first understanding them. So, number 1 you just have big number 1 is give them give them the chance to speak and then use their experience to drive the treatment that's the main thing in a very broad sense mm. um um if say if if you want to go a bit little nitty gritty all right then uh why what's what's the main goal all right yeah what's uh, if their pain was better managed or uh suddenly gone away what would they get back to uh, what would they better uh what, what are the activities that they want to uh, improve upon because ultimately it's the activities the meaningful activities that's the motivator that's the goal not just uh oh, i want to increase my strength by five kilos or ten kilos or be a little be a little bit uh um Get my core a little bit more stable, or my posture a little bit straight, or whatever. Sure, there might be some people, but ultimately, the main driver is getting back to living. Mm.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? And I think just to touch on on what you first said there, I really like that. The just listen. Like our job is to to be a passenger because typically in persistent pain, they've been a passenger their whole life. They feel like mm. they're not in the driver's seat, and they've seen mm. professionals and specialists. Uh, and voodoo doctors who have been telling them and telling them and telling them, but no one's no one's really listened. And yeah. I read a study, and I, I, I want to find this for you. And you've, you've probably already read it yourself, but it said the average patient story lasts two, just over two minutes. I think it's two minutes and fourteen seconds. The average patient story, yeah. And the average time to interruption, and this was done in with medical professionals, was just six seconds. So yeah. they're trying to get their story out and we're giving them six seconds before we interrupt them. Mm. someone interrupts you, A, it says they're not listening, right? But B, it's just, it's bloody rude. Like it's, mm. like we have to take a step back and I think become better listeners. And I, I look back at, you know, a lot of the training that I've done um, through, univer- like through university to start with, and I think by the end of university, you do start to cut people off sometimes. Yeah. Because Ooh. maybe you start to oh, I've heard this story before, you try and cut in. But then you start to notice that this isn't working because A, people don't like you and yeah. you know, you're you're on a time schedule or whatnot. But B, you're not getting that person's story. And for me, Absolutely. I then went I went and looked at different communication courses. And one of the first things they did was they said, We're gonna work on listening. And I, oh. I couldn't believe it. I was like, we're going to work on listening. Like, how hard is listening, right?
1: <laughs> you've been doing that all your life, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but not very well, it seems. And it's something that I think yeah. it should be taught to become mm, yeah. a better listener. Like, how can we like, sh- actually sh- show someone that we're listening? Like little things, like, you know, saying yes, nodding, clarifying back to them. You know, if, if they say something to you, you might be 100% sure you've got it. But if you go, mm. hey, Jeff, just just to clarify, you've said this, this, and this, which has made you feel this way. There's no yeah. way you can say that without having listened really well. So they know you've listened, but it also gives them the opportunity to go, oh, no, you've actually misinterpreted that. Mm. And I, I think that's huge. Like just being able mm. to clarify things back. And if you, if you take one thing out of one improvement for improving your listening, I think it should be clarify back to someone what they've said to you in their words. That's, that's massive. That was my biggest learning.
1: mm Yeah. I think, um, to, uh, to go a step further, yeah. um, th- think about people who are living pre- with persistent pain, right? They've been, um, let's say it's been a year. They've been um, getting all this information. They've been talking to all these people. Uh, they've been doing all these treatments. Things aren't working. Right and life is incredibly dynamic uncertain and it's confusing and now in their head it's just all this uncertainty all this confusion right and then now um by purely getting them to um getting them to speak getting them to tell their story right and then we because if 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 they put it out there it's going to be messy and then for us how can we help connect the dots and get them to understand that confusion and how they're stuck in this cycle of things aren't just getting, things aren't getting better because we don't know necessarily where to go, what to do, or just, um, or get a better understanding of what the hell is happening. And, um, for our standpoint, it, it is uncertainty, right? There's a lot of, uh, things that, uh, we don't know. So, how can we work together to piece it together? So it's not just the practitioner. We've got to um, work together. It's a collaboration. It's a partnership, not authority and having ego and telling people, interrupting because ultimately it's them and they have to, uh, ultimately it's their understanding and their improvement. improving. That's the first and foremost patient centered.
0: I love it. So, and, uh, it. Everything just comes back to the patient at the end of the day. It's, you know, how can we help this person? achieve whatever goal it is that they've Mm. set themselves Mm. now let's let's piece this together i think have you got a a client story obviously um no names here but do you have a story of someone you've worked with and maybe how they came into you to start with you know what you're able to achieve and sort of what got you there
1: yeah um I, i always use um I always use this story because this was the biggest thing that helped me in my improvement in my communication, my understanding of uh, chronic pain. And it's one that doesn't look good on me. And I'm, I'm proud of, uh, I'm fine of sharing it mainly because, uh, so this this is what happened. So, um, one lady came in for initial assessment. She had a history of chronic low uh, persistent lower back pain for six, seven months. Right. And, um, she it was really hard for her to walk, um, and she was really afraid to just bend down, pick stuff from the floor. She saw a doctor. Uh, she saw a doctor and told her, uh, "You need to strengthen this, stabilize this. Um, don't do all X, Y, Z activities because it's dangerous and gonna, it's going to be um, it's going to cause more damage." Right? And then so um, this was the information that I was gathering from the initial assessment, and I I. I could gather that uh, this doctor was really important to her and just moving was really scary for her. And so um at that point I was like, sweet, okay, she had the scan and oh okay, let's have a look at the scan. All right, and then I went straight into all right, scans aren't um indicative of uh people can have disc bulges and they're they're pain free. So uh, it's a poor correlation to a poor correlation to pain. Right. And so I tried to, I tried to challenge her on that, on the spot and then, okay, sweet. Then I went straight to the movement. So she was avoiding movement. So I was like, okay, take a seat. We're sitting down so There's a bit of flexion already. So it doesn't seem to be uh, aggravating anything at the moment. All right, let's try and touch this. Uh, let's put a, I put a cup right between her feet. I'm like, okay, um, take a nice deep breath in and try and reach for the cup. And she reached with her cup, and she was like, "I was like, how, how does that how does that make you feel? How's it with you?" She's like, "Yeah, it's all right." But in her head, she, she had this belief that if she did it enough, it's going to cause more damage. But in my head, I was like, oh, "I just challenged her belief, and now she now, now she believes flexion is safe." And then so then um, through the assessment, I was like, "Okay, this is the plan. We're going to go through. We're going to gradually expose you to flexion." and we're gonna address posture. Uh, so she said that posture was uh, something she needed to work on. Uh, I pretty much said, yeah, posture's not an issue. Don't worry about it. Like the, just relax, so however, you, it we're all different, it's fine, right? So i made a plan. All right, we're gonna do great exposure to movement. How does that sit with you? And then this was, okay, the consult goes for about an hour initial assessment, right? Yeah. This was about 50 minutes in, 50 minutes in. Uh, I was going to lay out my plan. I probably should have went a bit earlier, right? So I was like, okay, that's the plan. And she, massive curveball. She said, you know what? I disagree. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't vibe or I don't understand where you're coming from. And then in my head, from that point, it was all green lights. I was like, she understands it. We've challenged our beliefs around pain and it's going to be awesome. And then in that last 10 minutes, freaked out. I'm like, oh my God. I did not hear her. I, I didn't understand. I didn't get, uh, make her expect get a better understand her expectations yeah. where she wanted to go. And then, so the crazy thing is, uh, so, um, she, she left, uh, she, she paid for the assessment and then she left the review and it said, uh, it was a zero out of 10 review and was like, I can't believe this guy would make me uh, say it's safe to move when my doctors told me to told me, told me to work on this and this, I can't believe he would do that. And in my head I'm I was just like, Wow, like if only did did I actually ask her what her understanding was? Did I under did I ask her where she wanted to go? And did did I go in too quickly? And I think I did in terms of challenging her and really yeah. understanding the nuances of communication, whether looking at uh picking Picking apart the words she was using, and also the body language, the, ex- the external cues that she was mm-hmm. giving, was I was I actively looking for those? I don't I think don't. so. And um, I always use that as a massive learning experience for me. Mainly, um, with the with the takeaway was was I actually listening to her? Did I did I put my ego aside and mm. make her uh, a valued partner in this? Uh, in this treatment process and mm. in that i was like okay let's learn from it let's move on
0: for uh, thank you for sharing that story because i know it's never easy to to share a story like that uh, mm. especially on a podcast to, to many people but it, it's also incredibly useful for everyone everyone listening i think and i'd really like to know how like how things changed for you you said listening is is obviously key for you now talking to a lot of younger therapists of many many disciplines one of the things they're most scared of is spending too much time sitting down talking in an initial assessment and not enough time doing treatment as they would as they would say what are your Mm. thoughts on that
1: ultimate uh if i guess it really comes down to how we see movement and exercise in this whole um treating people living with with chronic pain. Is it just uh, getting people stronger, more stable, uh, changing position or whatever, or getting muscles more activated? Is that how we see movement, right? So if, uh, how I see movement is, if you look at my running EP, I go through this slogan is reframe, apply Excel. So how can we use exercise or movement to reframe how they see how they see themselves, how they understand the principles of pain. Yeah. So we, and then, so once we, once we do that, they've got to actually apply it. Right. So before, if we're going to go into just, uh, Tom goes, Oh, Jeff, like, are we just going to be talking the whole time? Is it just going to be like a therapy session? Well, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to, use movement straight away, what's the purpose of it? What's the meaning behind it? Yeah. And we only get the meaning through having an extensive uh, uh, dialogue, communication with the person, the words they use, the meaning behind it, um, the, the, the activities, their goals. Why is that important to them? All right? And so if we're going to use movement to purely challenge their beliefs, okay, what are those beliefs? And then if I was going to do initial assessment, all right, let's break it up. And um, if they if they think, for example, flexion is bad, okay, we have to understand why that why that's bad through an extensive communication process or talking. And then let's head to the gym and let's do some movement to address that and how they understand it. Because ultimately, um, if they're going to go through an experience, there needs to be some reflection of it. Because with reflection comes learning and. In know, to reflect. So like we're going to talk about it or give them a way or give them tools for them to think about it after the session. That's why some guys at the end of the session go, all right. So after this, from, from our 30 minutes, um, what did you learn or well, what were the key takeaways from you? Mm. Cause it could be a bit messy for them or it could be slap bang on the spot. All right. Let's, let's give them some affirmation, mate. Yep. Yeah, you're on, you're on the right track and I completely agree. So, um, it is a balance of both. And I can't, I can't say that there is like a 50 50 uh, proportion of how you should spend your consultation Because everyone wants to, um, uh, there's going to be guys who really just want to talk and they need to get reassurance and clarity. Some guys, uh, they, they want to get going and uh, they already understand the principles and they want to, all right, let's, let's move. All right. Sweet. Um, that really comes down to you understanding the person. That's why that was my main, my yep. main um, 300 foot uh, view of treating people.
0: Love it. Love it. And, and I think the, the main thing there, like you said, is it's, it's individualized. Different people need different things. And I feel that practitioners also, you know, they shouldn't be scared that maybe you'll get the occasional person come in and you'll just talk for the entire first session. You'll just really understand their story and it's also mm. really, really likely that you're the first person to sit down and actually listen to them and mm. just not discounting what that means for the person in front of you.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: next thing I'd like to ask is for the people in, in the chronic pain field that you, you look up to and you're like, these guys, are, they're killing it. They're doing extremely well. Yeah. What, what are some of the things that they're doing daily, weekly, monthly in order to, to be getting themselves to that, to that standard?
1: Mm. well uh well i can't speak i can't speak for them but yeah. uh from from all the the just the leaders in any type of field uh, whether it's business whether in sport or people who are in the chronic pain area what I do know if you want to be a master if you want to be an expert in things you will be doing the stuff that people aren't willing to do yeah and um uh, and that that means okay um scheduling time to really learn scheduling time to um meet other people who are i would say better than you and um pick their brain and also if you were to become an expert all the experts whether it's <laughs> kobe bryant or whether it's um i wouldn't say uh, i'm sure you wouldn't call yourself call yourself an expert because we're all like students here but yeah. um, we all start from we all start from the same spot and that's like the bottom right <laughs> and it's, it's got to start somewhere. And in order to get to the top, it's not we're not uh, we're not beasts. We're not special. Um, you, sure, you'll be talented, but the effort you put into your training or your learning—that's the main X factor. That's uh, that's what people got to do. So, from my standpoint, all right, all right, let's let's meet up with a group of people who are um, who challenge my my belief or challenge my learning. All right. and what are the courses, or uh, that's that, that are people who are pretty much at the lead of the industry. So for me, I'm going to San Diego. I'm going to the San Diego Pain Summit next month because I know for sure there are going to be guys like Ben Cormack, like Jared Hall, like uh, guys like Lars and Bronny Thompson, people who are really pushing the industry forward. And I know for sure if I'm if I'm putting in the work and I'm uh, really delving into the field there's something that I can contribute and I'm sure that for anyone, anyone putting their best self and putting the effort in people like spending time with those people because they're passionate and uh, they're coming from a good place and everyone's coming from a good place.
0: I do love that. I I think it's, it's massive. I think of, you know, who are the people you hang around with or spend time with? You, you become very much like them. That's beautiful, mate. Now what, out of today, I'm going to go full circle now. If you were to give people one one golden nugget from what we've talked about, one thing that they can take away and they can implement starting today, starting tomorrow, what will it be for their practice?
1: One golden nugget. Ah, mm, okay. Mm. So uh, if, if we're talking um, from a clinician standpoint, uh, yeah. an early practitioner, I would say... If we're going to go into just a, uh, understand what your passion is in general, what are your interests? And then and just be willing to be courageous enough to delve into any type of uh, course, uh, yeah. connecting with anyone, uh, uh, anyone you can, be prepared to be open-minded, have your, your beliefs challenged, and put, put your best self in, put 100% in. Because you won't know if it's your passion until, and if if you don't put that hundred percent, and if you if you're just being lazy about it, all right, you're gonna have this regrets of okay, I wish I did that. But mm. um, you got to put your best self in. If you're gonna, if I'm a golden nugget for chronic pain, it's dynamic. There's always there's always something changing. Yeah. So um, you got to be. Uh, be willing to get your beliefs challenged in that aspect and just continuously be voracious in understanding um, the principles and the evidence. And um, of course you have to have the, make sure you're improving your communication skills because sure you might know all the great stuff, but if you can't communicate it in the best way you can uh, for the person who can understand the person who's listening, then it's, it's going to be, it's going to be ineffective. Anyway, so communication is key. Um, I think for Golden Ugger, for just practice in general, I think um, we got to put our egos aside and better understand if, in terms of learning and getting ourselves better, understanding how we think,
0: mm-hmm. our
1: critical thinking, and um, be willing to have a beliefs challenge and just be open minded, right? Yeah. Because ultimately, everyone's coming from a good spot. Everyone's, everyone generally wants to help. And we have a certain process. We think well, that we think uh, uh, the way we think or the way we got to a certain point, let's, let's put ourselves in their shoes because there's always going to be something to take away from someone's story, whether it's a client or a colleague. I think that's
0: a, a really good way to, to sum it up. And me personally, the thing that I'm going to take away and implement with my own team it's just going to be that first question when someone comes in with chronic pain is tell me your story and then just Mm. really listening. Like that's what I'm going to go away. Take to my team and go, I feel like we can improve it because you can always improve. And I feel like that for me, that's massive. That's absolutely massive, especially, especially for the younger therapists that, you know, haven't had that exposure, that experience in that area. Mm. So look, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Jeff, the running EP. If people want to follow you on socials, where should they go?
1: So uh, you mentioned Jeff, I'm uh, Jeff, the running P on Instagram. So uh, pretty easy to find yep. top, the top pick. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so there's uh, Instagram, Jeff, the running P. You can also find me on Facebook, same title. Um, also LinkedIn as Jeff Ruffila, also Jeff the Running EP is there. Um, yeah, so if you want to connect, um, always happy to uh, get to know you guys and um, yeah, let's let's fun together.
0: Perfect. I'll put those links in the show notes. So if you are watching this, you can follow those links and connect with Jeff. Ask him any questions about chronic pain. He is fast becoming a uh, a well-known figure in this area. So thank you again for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. What a time to be alive. You've listened to the iMoveU podcast. I look forward to next time. Bye for now. This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled
1: career.